He's Pittsburgh born and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. On 970 ESPN and now on 106.3 FM. www.facebook.com slash The Adam Crowley Show. And you will see a video of Tom eating wasabi and hurling. And watching people throw up isn't the funniest thing. This was. Oh, it was great. His face goes from, ah, that didn't feel bad, to, oh, in about eight seconds. And then he's hurling. It's like somebody who's running and you see him start out really fast and then all of a sudden slower and slower and slower until you realize they can't run and they collapse. That's what happened with his lips. He started chewing and he's just confident, chewing, chewing, and then it got slower. And the lips started curling ever so slightly. And then you could see a change of look on his face. And as that happened, then the chewing just kind of stopped. And his lip was fully, like, in this weird-looking position. It looked like like he was stroking out. Oh, it it absolutely looked like that. And then the vomit came. And then, oh, that was, oh, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Nope. That made my week. Great for the week. Really did. It made my week, too. I'm so happy he threw up. Oh, jeez. Not that I don't love the guy, but that was what was best for business. I mean, we need to keep a tight ship here on the Crowley Show. We need to instill discipline amongst our... Our, our people, and that's what happened. Year of Excellence 2.0. I guarantee you, Crowley, he's not going to be late again. Oh, my God. What could we do that tops that? I, I almost think just make him do it again because it was that bad. I don't even know what would top it. It's worse the second time, too, right? Because, because he knows it's coming. He knows how bad that is. Yep. And and the best part about it, too, it was like the anticipation. You know, remember like when your mom would be like, when your father gets home... You're worried all day. You don't know what's going to happen. You probably just yell at you a little bit, but the, and that's all. But it's the anticipation and the build up to this. He was really worried about it all day today, and his fears were realized. <laughs> quite frankly, it was as bad as he thought it would be. He survived it. He'll never want to do it again. I'm happy with the way it went, and I'm, hopefully, I'm never freaking late. I'm never. That's it ever going to be late that's it no we're good i think we're good i think we run a tight ship around here we do now oh boy go to facebook.com though you can check the video out there Uh, i'll post the twitter link uh, at some point a little bit later on in the evening but visually it was hilarious and i almost threw up and the only reason i didn't is because i haven't had anything to eat all day except for the sushi because i thought that i would throw up i have such a soft stomach yeah my dog pooped the other day, and I picked it up with the bag, and my thumb was outside the bag, and it made me throw up. <laughs> and then two days ago, my cat threw up, and it made me throw up. I am I throw up all the time. Wow, I'm shocked you made it fully through that. <laughs> me too. I, I There was one point where I dry heaved so bad that it was happening. You made one sound, and I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Tom's recovered yet or anything, but I want to see, like, in there, if we can hear the sound you made, because it almost sounded like... I don't know, like a buffalo in heat or something like that. Like, it was like this weird guttural, like, thing that you did. And it wasn't even coming from Tom. I looked over, and you're like, I was like, oh, my God, dude. That was when I almost puked, for real. Yeah. There there were a couple of times where I was like, and then I don't play things up, though. I really don't. Mm -mm. Uh, We are fully transparent on the Crowley Show. I'm not going to do things just for show. 
I mean, we did have the kid eat wasabi, but all the things that came from it were real. I yeah, mean, he, he threw real. up for real. I threw up almost for real. Uh, Brian's got the stomach of a pigeon. Uh, you can just eat, eat, eat rocks. It doesn't matter. Man, if you ever met my friends growing up, I mean, that's what we did. We threw up. You know, we're all used to it. So all the drinking we did. But my God, if anything would have gotten me there, it would have been the sounds that not Tom was making, but the sounds that you were making. Tom, are you recovered? He's not. He shaking he's just, his head. He's not even coming he even on my microphone. <laughs> Is he mad at us? Maybe. Tom, can you pull some of the guttural noises that have been made? Okay, very good. All I mean, because right. you got to still do your job after that. Yeah, do your job. Yeah. Don't mess up. Make sure you get the right sounds. Hey, the pirates are hot right now. This is a sports show, after all. <laughs> They're eighteen and five against teams that are at or below five hundred. 3-0 against the White Sox and the Padres in this homestand. Now only need to go 4-2 and the rest of the way in order to get to that 7-2 and mark, which is what I wanted to see coming into this stretch against bad teams. Now, I did some research. Because I've been saying all along, I don't think the Pirates are a great team. I think eventually they're going to realize the expectations that I had for them initially in the season, which is they're going to be an 80-85 at max win team. But I compared them to last year's squad. Last year's squad, I thought, had a chance to be decent. Marte gets suspended. That sucked. Now, management didn't go out and replace him. Another one of the reasons why I don't believe in this year's team that much. They also lost Polanco for stretches. They lost Tyon to cancer. Garrett Cole was hurt. They were a banged-up ball club. But that being said, this year's team's so much better, and some of the numbers, not only the eyes, but the numbers will tell that story. They were never in first place. Last year's Pirates, at no point, no point were they in first place. Not one single day. I thought, okay, I'll look back. Maybe they'll be in first. No, never. Not once. Zilch. Nothing. Never happened. So at least there's that this year. The most games over 500 they were at any point last year was one game over 500. They were 34-32 and against bad teams last year, teams that were below 500. That's not good enough when you're going to compete with the big teams. That's a winning percentage of 515 against the bad teams, but 6 and 13 against the worst team in the National League, the Reds. This year they're winning 78% of their games against bad teams. That's going to keep them afloat. This year's team might not be there at the finish line. This year's team might not wind up being one of the best teams in baseball. Right now there's no teams in the National League with more wins. This team might not be at the end of the season a team that you're going to put a banner on the wall about. But one thing's for damn certain. This team's a lot better than last year's team. Because this team takes care of business. And that matters. You don't have a laughingstock baseball team here in Pittsburgh. If you're not one of the if you beat the bottom feeders, you're not one of the bottom feeders. Last year the Pirates were six and thirteen against the Reds, which to me makes them no better than the Reds. Reds had a worse record. But if you sleep with laying cows, you're gonna get fleas. That's a mixed Chuck Knoll analogy there. I think Chuck Knoll said that if you lay down with sleeping dogs, you get fleas. You get my point. You're no better than the dogs if you sleep with a dog. And it's the same thing in baseball. If you play bad teams and lose to bad teams, you are a bad team. If you walk into a room and you can't spot the jackass, you're probably the jackass. If you lose two bad baseball teams, you're the bad baseball team. This year's Pirates team, not a bad baseball team. 
And I think you can say, well, duh, they're nine games over 500. That doesn't so much matter to me. What matters to me is that they're throttling these teams that they're supposed to throttle. Hey, it's Austin Meadows Day. I wouldn't get too attached. I'm so negative when it comes to the Pirates, but I don't mean to be. It's just the way it goes. I was just positive for about five minutes there. If Austin Meadows isn't going to play every day, he's not going to be here for long. Which means, for me, he'll be here as long as Starling Marte is on the DL, and he probably won't be around longer than that. He's also not ready. He's never become that mega prospect they thought he could be. He hit 292, which is respectable in his career in the minors, but that was without a ton of power. So I don't think this guy has been dominating at the lower levels. I don't think you should expect him to be dominating here in Major League Baseball. Now, he could hit a home run tonight. He could go three for four. It doesn't mean that that's the player he's going to be. It does not still mean that he's ready. Hell, he's facing Padres pitching. It doesn't necessarily mean you're ready. It might as well be AAA pitching, right? Just don't get attached. They're going to send him down for seasoning, and typically I'm against the Super 2 stuff. Typically, it drives me crazy. Jamison Tyon, if he's ready, bring him up. McCutcheon, if he's ready, bring him up. Polanco. Pedro. The list goes on and on and on. When you're ready, I expect you to be called up. I like the fact that they're bringing him up now, but I also think that he could spend some more time in the minors seasoning once Starling Marte comes back. He's not going to play every day when Marte comes back. Where would he play? He's an outfielder. He's not going to play DH because they're not going to be doing that enough. He's not taking Marte's spot. He was having a hell of a season. He's not taking Polanco's spot because I think he can carry a team for a couple of weeks when he gets hot with a bat. He ain't going to take Dickerson's spot because he's one of the best outfielders today in the National League. He ain't going to play every day. He'll be back in the minors soon. I'm sorry. Just tell it like it is, man. Sorry. Hey, you see what PA did? They gone screwed up sports betting. Already. Already they screwed it up. Stupid ass lawmakers, Pennsylvania. PA sports betting tax of 34%. 34% would be the highest tax rate, not in the country, not in North America, not in this hemisphere. Which hemisphere is that? Doesn't matter. It's a Western. But in the world! The highest tax rate in the world on sports betting. By comparison, Nevada, 6.75%. West Virginia, Hale, 10%. New Jersey, expected to be in that 8 to 10% range. With taxes that high, how in the world can Pennsylvania hope to compete with the black market? How? Why wouldn't you just walk down the street to the guy who's in blonde ox and say, Hey, buddy, mind putting a bet in for me? It's always the corner bar and the corner of that bar where the bookie sits. And you go in there and you give him the cash because he ain't taxing you at 34 freaking percent. How do you stop the black market? You don't. When I want tickets to a sporting event, if I wait until the day before the game, I can see the bucks for 7 bucks instead of 20 that I would get on Pirates.com. I'm always going to go with what's cheaper. Everyone is. With everything. Why would gamblers who are going to gamble either way, no matter what, entertain paying 34% tax on something that's not taxed? Now, I think their hope is the people who are coming into the fold, into the market as new gamblers, would still go to them. And then, because it's a small pie, they would make a large percentage of said small pie. But would you rather have a 
large percentage of a small pie or a small percentage of a big pie? (laughs) I'd take the latter. It's bad for Pennsylvania. It's going to force people to go to West Virginia if they do want to do it legally. Why not just drive down to the Meadows? For some people, for me, I can get to the Meadows in 10 minutes longer than it takes me to get to the Rivers. And now there's sports betting there. Hello, for 10%, I'm in. It's a terrible idea. Bad for the United States economy, too. Uh, People are going to stay in the black market. Coming up next, we check in on Tom. I haven't heard from him in a while. You all right, man? You're going to hear from Liz Bloom, Pirates.com. She writes for the Post-Gazette, though, covering the Pirates. It's on the way. Buckos, Padres, big one tonight. ESPN Pittsburgh. Oh, he's hurling. Oh, God. Oh, God, me too. Oh. Oh, what is that? Smells like Bigfoot's bleep. Oh, stop it. Oh, stop it. Still going. Still going. Oh, my Jesus. Pirates and Padres tonight. Gonna hear from Liz Bloom of the Post Gazette coming up in a few minutes. She'll tell us everything we need to know about Buckos Padres. What's going on with Austin Meadows? It's time. A little Australian in that one. That's okay. Uh, if you missed any of the show earlier, here's what it sounds like when a whale gives birth. <laughs> I can't believe that sound came out of a human. Wait a second. Is that a whale giving birth or is that a whale having sex? <laughs> or a whale farting? <laughs> or, a whale, <laughs> or a whale doing all three at the same time? <laughs> Not enough holes for that. <laughs> I got the blow hole. You hear Brian in the background choking back laughter as I'm trying to choke back vomit as Tom is unable to choke back his vomit. (laughs) Tom, how are you now? I feel great now. Okay, this is good. We need you to talk on the air so that if something does terribly happen to you later on in the day, we can be exonerated. Yeah, no, you guys are fine. I I feel a lot better than this. Is that is you making that's that? Crowd, that's yeah, crowd, that's not right? me. That's, nope. Yeah, I think it's the sound of. I think you still hear the video playing in someone's background. I think this is what the sound that people make when Brad Marshawn licks them. <laughs> that's the sound the Caps make in the playoffs. <laughs> There's a Britt McHenry joke in there too. <laughs> What's the prostitute's name? The prostitute. Ah, uh, she's not a prostitute. The whole the porn star. Mia Khalifa. Mia Khalifa. <laughs> Mia Khalifa. <laughs> Speaking of that, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, what is that? Oh no. Do you have the full one? Which one? The full. The one that you played coming into the segment. I think. It, I think it. I think it perfectly encapsulates what happened to you in the punishment. Smells like Bigfoot's bleep. Oh, stop it! <laughs> What's that? Oh, stop it! Uh, still going. 
stuff going. Oh my Jesus. Dude, play, wait a second. Play that again. It smells like Bigfoot's bleep. Not that one, not that one, not oh. that one. Okay. It smells like a frog ribbiting. We need to hear from Liz Bloom because I want to talk to Byron's baseball. By the time we're done with Liz, I want that whole thing, that whole sound that sounds like a whale mating, and then I, I want the beginning portion and the end portion. I don't know. I want people to decide which one's funnier. The beginning guttural sound that I make or the sound at the end where I don't know how I don't know how I made that sound. <laughs> so with that we bring in Liz Bloom from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. She is a Pirates beat writer. Liz, what's up? Thank you for having me. Good to uh, good to chat with you. Uh, Liz, you are a Massachusetts native. Uh, it says in your Twitter bio. So I have to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. We've been debating this one. I'm a big Guinness guy. And Mike Sullivan, Penguins head coach, is also a big Guinness guy. Are a lot of people in Massachusetts Guinness people? Uh, I would assume so. You know, big Irish population yeah. there. Uh, so, you know, i got to kind of give it up to that. I personally am not not much of a beer drinker, but, uh, you know, to each their own, right? Yeah, of course. I got no problem with people who aren't Guinness drinkers. I was just curious. Uh, Liz, it is, <laughs> it is Austin Meadows Day. What should be expected from this guy? And, and by that, I, I don't mean necessarily his production, but how long is it assumed he'll be up for the length of Marte or perhaps beyond? I have to assume that it'll probably just be for the length of Marte unless he does something you know, totally unbelievable and kind of exceeds expectations here. Um, they don't like to have prospects come up and then play only sometimes. So this is a real opportunity for him to get – Regular playing time, presumably he will be the main guy while Marte is down. But I don't really envision a world in which he will displace one of the other outfielders. Um, and, you know, again, unless he does something terrific. And I don't see a world in which they would just keep him up here as a bench player. Well, Liz Bloom joining us here from the Post-Gazette. Uh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me to have him coming off the bench. Uh, I assume he'll be playing center field uh, in, in, in total place of Marte. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, Clint Hurdle said the other day that he wanted Sean Rodriguez to be the primary backup center fielder, but at the same time, he didn't want Sean Rodriguez to be playing every single day. I mean, you know, it really wears out your legs to play in center field all the time. So I assume that Meadows will be the primary center fielder, maybe not against left-handed pitching, but we'll see. Uh, Liz, I think the Pirates are in much better of a position this year to sustain an injury to a guy like Marte than they have been uh, certainly last year. Uh, I think they've just got a much deeper lineup. Uh, Do they feel the same way? I would assume so. I mean, last year they promoted Jordan Luplo after he had very little experience in AAA, and the fact that they feel more comfortable bringing up Austin Meadows just shows that they feel like they're in a better place. I mean, he was had, had so many injuries in the past, the fact that they felt like they could dip into AAA and take him now as opposed to Luplo, who you know obviously has had a lot more experience in AAA, me definitely suggests that they have better depth right now. Cervelli not in the lineup today. Is that due to him getting hit by a pitch uh, a couple of nights ago, or is that because he jammed his hand yesterday? Um, I was I saw on Twitter. I'm not at the park today, but I've been told that it was uh, because he jammed his finger in the fourth inning, uh, diving back to the bag. So I imagine it's just something that swelled up overnight and won't present an issue going forward. Uh, again, they're capable uh, at catcher now with Diaz being able to jump right in. Uh, I realize that'll be difficult on the pitchers, but they have to have confidence in him. 
Yeah, they have been speaking extremely highly of Elias. Um, I think they think his play calling has gotten a lot better, um, and they like what he's been able to do in terms of defense behind the bag. Certainly they prefer that Cervelli there, but he, his bat has more than acquitted itself over uh, the course of the season, so uh, I think he probably relishes the opportunity. I'm interested in your thoughts on Cervelli, because when he's been healthy, he's been a good player at any level, really, uh, with the Yankees, with the Pirates, with whatever team he's playing for, but he's never been this good. He's never been the 950 OPS guy. What has made him get off to the hot start he's gotten off to this year? Well, I think he probably asked him, he would say, just being healthy in his off-season routine. He changed his diet a lot over the winter. Uh, he got cut out gluten and dairy, I think. I think he looks a little slimmer right now. It looks like he's also made a few adjustments to his swing that I think has helped out as well. So a combination of kind of health, off-season routine, maybe some tweaks to his swing. It seems to me that the offense as a whole is focusing a lot more on pitch selection, and I think that that's why you're seeing a lot of guys, including Marte, obviously before his injury, sort of take a step up in that regard. Liz Bloom joining us here on the Crowley Show. She, of course, is from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Corey Dickerson's having himself uh, one hell of a season now. Again, he's a good player, much like Cervelli, I'm wondering, though, if he's going to be able to sustain this level of play over the course of the year. That's a, you know, probably $64,000 question. Um, he had an incredible start to last season, too, which uh, earned him a trip to the All-Star game, his first ever. Um, seems like he's on track to, to do that again. Last year, he said that he was struggling with injuries, or I guess it was in 2016, and then he spent a lot of the last offseason sort of rehabbing that, that back injury and he couldn't devote himself as much to weightlifting. He said that now he feels like he's sort of uh, been able to focus more on the weightlifting, and he thinks that that'll help him last deeper into the season. Pirates' bullpen was awful to start the year, uh, including game number one. It was Rivero who pitched. Now he's Vasquez, though, so I think he's put all that behind him. Uh, <laughs> but since the middle of April, the Pirates have combined to produce a 2.55 ERA. What do you think's changed over that time? Yeah, that's that's another terrific question. Um, well, first of all, the personnel has changed. I mean, the turnover in the bullpen has been huge. Um, Richard Rodriguez, I think I had a story on him today. I think he's been the biggest surprise of the Pirate season on the whole. He's been absolutely terrific. But overall, they're just changing a lot of the people and the personnel who are in the bullpen as a whole. I'll ask you the same question I, I asked a little bit earlier, but this time about Nick Kingham. Uh, I asked it before about Meadows, but... King's going to start tomorrow. Yeah. Is this a permanent solution in the Pirates rotation now, or is this another spot start? Um, that's a great question. I think, I'll put it this way, I think he wants to make this start count for sure. Um, I'll be curious how much longer the leash is for Chad Cool and with Joe Musgrove coming back soon, I think there's a chance that Kingham could indeed be moved into the rotation. Eventually, I don't think they're going to make rash decisions based on one good or bad start one way or the other, but I, I think that Kingham is probably treating it like an audition. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You have to. And, I mean, let's see if he can top what happened in his Major League debut. You want to talk about a, a really good uh, audition. Uh, as for the rest of the pitching staff, I still don't buy in hook, line, and sinker on the bullpen, uh, even though Rich Rodriguez has come in and played well. Uh, and that they have had a lot of success recently. I'd like to see one more live arm in there 
uh, whether it's Musgrove or Chad Cool, uh, I do think that they've got the opportunity to slide some guys in and at least play with it maybe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Musgrove had a lot of success in the bullpen last year for uh, Houston, so I could see a world in which if it doesn't work out for him in the rotation that he would move to the bullpen. Um, obviously, if you have higher leverage situations and you're coming in with a lot more adrenaline, your velocity goes up. There are a lot of people who have a lot of success in the bullpen who don't in the rotation because it's just sort of a more straightforward job. You don't have to use all your pitches. You know, you have the benefit of knowing you're coming in for an inning. Um, but they're definitely going to give Musgrove the opportunity to, to go into the rotation and start. Um, he has like five or six pitches, so I think that they, in an ideal world, would like to see him find some success in the rotation. So I think that that moves probably a little ways off. Josh Bell uh, hit as a right-hander uh, last night and had some success. Uh, does it look like he's turning the corner? For an offense that's been so good this year and one of the best in baseball, really, he's the guy that I think you could say, okay, maybe he's been a little bit of a disappointment compared to what he did last year. Yeah, he's definitely gotten off to um, a slow start. It seems to me in the last week that he's kind of turned things around a little bit. Um, I think that's one of the things that's probably – if you're thinking about, you know, is this team for real? Can they have success deep into the season? One of the things that's working in their favor is, well, not even all of their best players are playing at their best right now. I mean, what happens when you get top production from Polanco and from Bell? So, yeah, I, I personally think he will figure things out. He's one of the better, more cerebral uh, hitters on the team. So I think it's only a matter of time. Colin Moran's been, uh, he's been everything they want him to be. And I've been critical about the Pirates and what they did this off season. Uh, but the return that they got for Garrett Cole uh, in terms of Colin Moran, I think you have to be blown away by what he's provided this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, similar to Bell, one of the more cerebral uh, hitters on the team, I think that could definitely be contagious. You know, he and some of the other players like to talk a lot about the craft of, of hitting, and I think when you have somebody who has really honed his swing to the extent that Moran has, it's really helpful. Um, and he's going to get the opportunity to hit fifth tonight so, you know, he'll get a few more ABs now with uh, Marte out. So we'll see how he uh, thrives in that role. Uh, any idea of when Josh Harrison should be scheduled to come back? Uh, I think it, it probably will be, you know, in the next few days. Um, I think he's playing tonight with Altoona um, or maybe in Saturday with Altoona. But, yeah, I, I think it's it'll should be, you know, I would say certainly by, by June 1st, if not several days before that. Liz, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for stopping by here on the show, and hopefully we get a chance to do it again. All right, thanks so much for having me. Liz Bloom of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Buckeyes tonight. Hopefully they don't choke the way Tom did on his own vomit. Tom's okay, though. He's a good sport. We'll come back. We'll relive that. We will have our three stars of the week, our three stars of the show. We'll have our hottest take of the day. What else do we got? Other crap. Oh, my God. So much to jam in. I'm better hurry and go to break. It's a Crowley show. Pirates Padres tonight. Ivan Nova on the hill for your Buccaneers. And Austin Meadows. 
batting seventh and playing in center field. We all knew that the trading of Andrew McCutcheon would eventually promulgate this young man getting in the lineup. And here we are. But it's because Marte gets hurt. It's not great circumstances, but at least you get to see a young man who's been talked about an awful lot. It's time for the hottest take of the day. (laughs) The ACC coaches in basketball voted to expand the NCAA tournament. That's an absolute joke. Why not let every team in? Uh, Sure, if you're going to go to 76 teams, uh, why not let everyone in? Here's a thought. Don't screw with something that is perfect as far as sports is concerned. There will always be bubble teams. No matter how far you shift the bubble, it will add no quality to the regular season. It will add no quality to the NCAA tournament. And in fact, it's going to take away from the regular season. You got teams that are hovering around 500 and sometimes below in conference play that are making it now. Imagine the dog crap teams that are going to be in the NCAA tournament then. Uh, I'm not for this uh, in the slightest. I love the NCAA tournament. The entire country loves the NCAA tournament. Billions of dollars are bet every year on the NCAA tournament. It's the one thing in sports that I think we can all agree in, with, pardon me, that needs no fixing. Except ACC coaches want more ACC teams to get in. I understand why they do it. I don't hate the fact that they did do it. I get it. I really do. But outside of them serving their own self-interest in the self-interest of their team, nobody else can want to see it. Nobody. Not one fan in college basketball wants to see 76 teams get in. It's ass. It ruins one of the truly great things that we've got. And it bothers me because there are a lot of things in sports that do need to be fixed. What's a catch in the NFL? What is deserving of being an ejectable offense in the National Football League. In hockey, why are there not more goals? And we're getting there, but why are there not more goals? In baseball, it's pace of play. There are so many things in sports that need fixing, and this is one of the things in sports that is perfect. Do not touch it. The NCAA tournament makes March a forgettable month, an unforgettable month. And adding teams is not going to help that. Uh, Adding teams is going to water down the product. I'm out on more. F it. With 68, we ride. Woo! Other crap. Cowboys offensive line coach judges his players on how they use kitchen condiments. That must be why the Cowboys have been playing ketchup for so many years. Woo! Other crap. The United States approved the first drug developed to prevent chronic migraines. What, weed? (laughs) Woo! Other crap. Caps fans booed the Capitals and their power play while the team was up two games to one in the first Eastern Conference Final in 20 years. That seems slightly aggressive with a capital A. (laughs) Woo! Other crap. Megan's dad is not attending the royal wedding. I guess he didn't markle the date. Woo! Other crap. Mark Teixeira is not surprised that Robinson Cano tested positive for steroids. Well, why would he be? The same organization that had A-Rod and Pettit and Clemens and Giambi 
I wouldn't be shocked either. <laughs> Woo! Other crap. It's been 434 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Brian LaMartina. Royals cheat on each other. That's what they do. No way. I give this thing four years tops before Prince is like, I don't know, doing a Duchess style with someone else. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Jason McKay. Flurry. Tickles a guy's ear, makes two ridiculous saves on Mark Shifley, wins the game, spends 20 minutes, probably more, talking to two of the kids from the uh, deceased uh, coach, general manager from the Humboldt tragedy. I mean, he is just, he's winning life right now. And, and his numbers this postseason are staggering. It's just, it's really, really hard not to root for a guy like that. First off. And the first off tonight's show, producer Tom! What is that? It's, there's some still. <laughs> oh, there's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it! I can't, and it's awful. Okay, uh, <laughs> should we, uh, I heard a little bit of Harry Carey. Uh, <laughs> uh, And we got a bonus star! Yeah! And tonight's bonus star! For the love of God, that is a radio show today, boys. Wow. Yeah, good work by all of you. Man, I love work. Uh, Tom long doesn't. As long as I'm not eating wasabi. I can do without greatest, it sometimes, it's but it's fun. Job ever. <laughs> when, if you could play the first star again, Tom, it just, it sounds, it sounds like... The Civil War, if you walk into the, the where they're cutting people's legs off. Oh, into the hospital into tent. Into the hospital yeah. tent. And everyone's just losing their lunch. <laughs> what is that? It's, it's some still. <laughs> oh, it's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it. I can't, and it's awful. Okay, uh, sweet, uh, I heard a little bit of Harry Carey. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, no. Uh, it does sound like a Civil War hospital. Right when you start off with, what is that? Play it one more time. My favorite part, I think, is when it, you say you have something stuck in your cheek, and I say, get it out! What is that? It's, there's some still. Oh, there's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it. I can't, and it's awful. Okay, uh, sweet, uh, I heard a little bit of Harry Carey. Uh, Who 
ladies and gentlemen, because this sound is not going anywhere. Yeah, that's going to be a uh, mainstay here on the Crowley Show. We've got the end of the week montage coming up to take you into the weekend. My wife is gone. We're going to do crazy stuff like this all week off the air. I can't wait. Hopefully Tom keeps it in. On Monday, we break down. Tom throwing up some more. Be safe out there. Peace out, bitches. You're home alone, and it's like 9.30 on a Saturday night. Are your feet up on the coffee table, a beer in your hand, and your hand on your pants? Why does it have to be 9.30 at night? Can't it just be like noon? I mean, I've been kissing you. Like highlight, like dog racing, horse racing. These are sports that would not exist. They would not have one damn fan if it were not for gambling. Apparently, Moise Salou used to do it all the time. More like Moise Salou. Am I right? Wow. More like Moise use the Lou. Am I right? Wow. I don't know if we expected the Pirates outfield to lead the NL and OPS, you know, a quarter way into the season, but that's where they are right now. I just totally whipped it out in front of Bob. I'm looking at my phone. I just assume no one's in there. And then all of a sudden, out comes the crown man. I just put the phone in the pocket and switched the Johnson for the AT&T smartphone. So you switched the blueberries for the blackberry. Laurel. Yanni is is a true talent and uh, also a part of Penguin lore in 2009 when his concert threw that schedule off in the second round against Washington. So Yanni holds the place in all of our hearts as he should. Sure, right now they're holding the door open and the relationship seems like it's fine. Everything's hunky-dory. You're feeling okay. But I'm telling you, by August, they're going to get be getting pounded by Geno Smith. Oh, yeah. All right, when I listened to you guys playing it on Twitter, when you and Brian got into your cheese cheese fight, I thought it was Yanni. Yes. Laurel. And then when I just heard it now bouncing back, it sounds clearly like Laurel. Laurel. She told me they won three to two. I thought, oh, my God, how that's wonderful that's wonderful and they said we're in first place you know everyone out there adam just said josh that blue button turns you on and it's none of your business what turns me on pal i just wanted to throw that out there tom is shirtless and during the break i'll be heading home for oh no going for home damn it who typed a question mark on the teleprompter for the last time anything you put on that prompter burgundy will read you're a flip-flop guy right i wear thongs it's gross they're just like Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? Probably not. No, but I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. Well, that's going to do it for all of us here at Channel 4 News. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy? What is that? It's... There's some still... (laughs) Oh, there's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it. I can't, it's awful. Okay, uh... Should we, uh... I heard a little bit of Harry Carey. Uh... Uh...